All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode six of Joystick Journeys, a two-player podcast. Uh, I'm Patrick, and again, I'm here with my co-host, Cody. And uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. So, Cody, how's the week been? Uh, I don't know, really, really kind of uneventful, I mean. Yeah, we got Halloween right around the corner. Uh, I have been seeing some games do their classic, you know, Halloween around. They do their little skins, they put on things. Yeah, I, uh... Not it's always to, a good time. Not to immediately jump into controversies or anything, but speaking of which, did you see what the new Mortal Kombat did? Uh-uh. They added a Halloween-based fatality... Long story short, you slap a pumpkin on someone's head, a uh, bunch of bugs start crawling out and shit, and then you kick the pumpkin off and it goes flying and lands on like some random house's doorstep and it just shows their head inside the pumpkin. Huh. I think I think they said it was... Um, I don't know. Regardless, both of these numbers are too much for me, but I think I read it was 10 or $20. Oh, to get the Halloween. It just wasn't Happy no. Halloween. Nope. No, you had to pay for yep. it. Yeah, I'd be pissed off too. It's Halloween, dog. Come on now. Dude, I uh I read that and I was like, there is no way. <laughs> Hell no. I'm not I'm not I'm not doing it. No. Fuck you. It's happy Halloween, motherfucker. Yeah. Uh ooh, gotta sneeze. My allergies, man. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. A little congested again today, but uh, we'll work through it. So, I could not believe that when I read it. Cause someone was comparing to Mortal Kombat 11, I guess the last one, to this one. And, like, you got, like, a whole skin pack of all these different skins and uh, and stuff like that. And then with this one, yeah, some pumpkin fatality, and it's 10 or $20. I, I, ah, uh, oh, man, I always... High hopes for Nether Realm. They've always done good by their customers, but this is this one's an L. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm just shocked by that. I mean, like like I said, games they always do that. You know, they'll do like a little Easter thing, and it's just little fun. You know, little cosmetics like that's a cosmetic kind mm-hmm. kind of thing that's doing nothing in any part other than just looking cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, like most games, we're now charging to look cool. So. Oh, it wasn't like I'm... back in the day. You couldn't pay to look cool. You just were cool or you weren't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's jump into the rest of our controversies. <clears throat> uh, mm-hmm. Some of these I'm just going to go over. They're really dumb. I saw it's been officially a year since Elon Musk bought Twitter. I'm not going to get onto the do you, do you, don't, do you, or do you not like Elon? Because, I don't know, the guy's kind of controversial, and at the same time, he's also got some good stuff going on. But whatever. Yeah. He bought Twitter for $44 billion, and I think the latest market he vowed is worth four. <laughs> four billion dollars now. Uh, and, oh, can't call it Twitter. Its new name is X. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, that whole situation was so... I don't like it. I don't like it. I thought it was dumb. I do use Twitter a lot, uh, to kind of just browsing it, but now it's X, and, and now it's just whatever. I think, yeah, it was a 
dumb move. I get it. Some people were like, uh, he was doing it to unsilence people who had been silenced. Like, you know, uh, Trump, you know, his account got banned on Twitter and he wasn't allowed on Twitter no more. Um, that one guy, uh, Tate something or another, I don't know, a little oh, guy, but, uh, yeah, he was silenced. And then, uh, one guy I kind of do like listening to, I think his name is Scott Peterson or something like that. He does say some pretty good, uh, I guess, philosophies. I don't know. I, uh, I'm not going to get into any of that stuff. Uh, personally, I think half of them should have been shut up. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. No. <laughs> half of them, a good uh, bit you know, of them freedom were shut of speech, up for a but reason. sometimes there's shit that shouldn't be said. You know, so take yeah. it to a different platform. Uh, Nokia, the the Titan, the old Titan, the indestructible phone. Nokia <laughs> has obviously seen better days. What's the last thing you've seen that was Nokia branded? That that telephone back in the day with the snake <laughs> game. Well, Nokia is now cutting a large p- portion of their workforce. Um, over fourteen thousand employees are being cut from the Nokia workforce. So, uh, peep out there. It's uh, probably not long for Nokia before they go under. Yeah, well, what are they even still doing? Or do they just still have certain contracts? You know, with companies, and they're making work talkies or something because i don't even see i haven't heard nothing from them yeah i i know they still make a bunch of those super cheap like track phones and still make like some old style flip phones and stuff other than that i don't know what they're doing because you're exactly right uh looks like yeah they have a couple little cheap phones out there but that's it man i don't i don't know anything big they've been doing yeah well it seems like they probably needed to cut that force a long time ago. Hey, that people lost their job. Yeah, but how have you been surviving this long? <laughs> yeah, so Nokia, you had a good run. You did. You we did. hate it for anyone who loses their job, genuinely. But the day and age of Nokia looks like it is coming to an end. I don't know if they if they come back with an indestructible phone. And they actually, I mean, probably wouldn't do good <laughs> for their continued sales. But uh, still, I mean, I'd buy one. <laughs> I guess not. Uh, not the. Uh, it would have to. I don't care if it's like one of them child protective like screens that you know the tablets sometimes have. Yeah. If that's my screen on my phone, that's cool with me. Okay. Make it indestructible for well, me. Well, the thing is, uh, what is the name of that company? Kyrosira or whatever. However you yeah, pronounce it. Yeah, I'm not they sure. They made one of those super rugged phones that's borderline, you know. To try and stay afloat, but uh, I bet you don't own it. Because it ain't ever told me about them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't even think that. And plus, when I, when I hear like companies. People want their names. iPhones. People want their, uh, you know, their yeah. Samsungs. It's, the market is ruled. Yeah, because when I see like a name like that or something that I just don't recognize, I haven't seen them on anything else really. Yeah, I'm kind of skittish on whether they're buying or not. You know, you like uh, this could be, you know, just a piece of plastic trash. Yeah, that. you've made what one iteration of this? Yeah, like, oh, oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like yeah, no, I, I can't. I don't know if I can trust you. I've been hurt. <laughs> this one's good. Uh, any of you cybersecurity people out there will enjoy this one. Um, 
So I read an article that said the FBI is, uh, or at least some individuals from the FBI, are stating do not use public charging stations. They are claiming there are people out there who are modifying public charging stations to steal your information. I was about to say, yeah, that's about the only thing they could get. Because everybody connects their phones to their car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And that's exactly how, yeah, they're, easily get into your shit. They're claiming they're making these modified cables that they're uh, giving away now. Uh, that there's some cables floating around out there that's being put in giveaways and stuff where there's some malicious software written onto a chip somewhere embedded on the cable, I guess probably one of the tips, and uh, and it's they're using this to get your information. I don't know how true the cable thing is, the public charging thing. Yeah, sure, maybe. But uh, yeah, so uh, they're saying bring your charging cable, bring your charger everywhere you go, find your own outlet. That's uh, and in this day and age, it is getting like that. People are going to know, like they're stopping at nothing to get your information. Oh yeah, because that that. That's just valuable. Yeah, I mean, I'm an open book. If um, That doesn't mean I want my information stolen, of course. But if I were to get an email being like, oh, you've been compromised. We have everything on your phone. I'd be like, oh, okay, wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Cut me I'm a sorry deal. you had to see all that. But yeah, right? <laughs> Cut me a deal if you find some money on there somewhere because yeah. I could use it. Yeah, you know that mining shit. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, Halloween is a couple days away. By the time this goes live, it'll probably be tomorrow. Um, but Christmas, that means after, you know, Tuesday or whatnot, there's going to be Christmas stuff everywhere. Uh, with that being said, there are a lot of deals already going around and stuff. The new Pixel Buds were already on sale. Um, the iPad was like $150 off. I think Apple has an event coming up on, I think, Monday. I think it's tomorrow. And I think they're probably going to announce a new iPad. It's probably going to be the same thing, just with their new M3 chip. Probably a couple other devices using their new M3 chip. Um, But, yeah, so they've slashed some of their prices in preparation from that. Uh, I saw some of the stuff from Google. Um, What else? Uh, There's a couple other cameras and stuff that came across my feed that were on sale. But, yeah, so... Uh, might be time to start Christmas shopping. See, uh, I, I think companies, like, you know, it used to be only, like, Black Friday or, like, the uh, week or so before Christmas when you'd get, like, them super good deals every now and then. Yeah. Now I think a lot of companies are like, yeah, this didn't sell so well, but we still need to make the money back on it. So now they're like... Yeah, just roll it out before Christmas. Yep. <laughs> yep. Throw a little sale on it. Let's make our money back in a little extra. Some of those sales you got to look out for, like being in the tech world, that's what's going to tell you what device is coming. Okay. Uh, so, for instance, the iPad sale, there's been no like official leak or anything suggesting there's going to be an M3 iPad released or announced tomorrow, but I bet you there will be because the last time... I, um, there was a really big sale. It was announced from Verizon for like the Apple Watch or whatnot. And then it was, you know, uh, on all the other little, uh, news outlets I follow. Oh, yeah, the Apple Watch, dirt cheap, yeah, 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 yeah. 
and uh, I grabbed one for my little one, and um, and then yeah, it's it's like the next week at the next Apple event they announce the new version. So getting rid of that old stock to make uh, make room for the new, and uh, I got I've gotten like three emails from Verizon now about the iPad being on sale. Yeah, uh, because they do I. I religiously use my iPad, and I, th- I guess they track that. Like, oh, this guy's gone through so many iPads. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, they're announcing those are on sale. So odds are, yeah, another one's going to be announced tomorrow. Yeah. Same thing with the MacBook. The MacBook's on sale right now. Probably going to announce another one tomorrow, the oh, new M3 right. version. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're just moving this shit out quickly now. And it's like, uh, I don't know, technology just keeps on advancing so quickly right now. By the time you get it, it's already old. Yeah. Yeah. And that it just that's why I try to find just the best at that time and I'm like, okay, I can deal with a little bit of downgrade for at least a year or two before I upgrade again, but still. It's like technology is moving so fast. Yeah, man. It is uh technology is moving at a crazy rate. Like uh, as opposed to, you know, you gotta think that Technology really didn't start advancing, advancing until like after the late 1800s we started. And even then it was slow. But once it got to like the, I want to say maybe as early as the 80s, but 90s, like technology just had its biggest boom then and it's just kept Getting more and more advanced. Yeah, like, it's I like the rate know. of it's doubled every 10 years or something. I could probably utilize a lot more of technology to my advantage, but I don't. Because it's just, I, I feel so far behind on it. Yeah, and the biggest thing I always hear is, well, I'm not upgrading my phone, my PlayStation, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, I've got a PlayStation 3 and that works absolutely fine. I'll get a new one. You know, when PlayStation 20 comes out, like, yeah, oh, okay, I mean, I guess, but yeah, you know, you are missing out because unfortunately, exactly. a lot of the software and games and stuff is made for. And I've really seen that with uh, PCs as well, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, and as they should, you know, they, of course, always get the best shit first. Yeah, man, <laughs> let's see. All right, so last thing I had on my upcoming news little docket here was Amazon has given us our first little teaser of the Fallout TV show. Yeah, I had seen that. I, I'm slightly interested. Are they going to animate it on it? or I think is it's it? live action. I think I could be wrong. I think it's supposed to be live action, though. Oh. Uh, so I will watch it. We'll see if it's trash or not. I think I still got my Amazon Prime or, oh, no, I canceled my cards. And that's how I did my easy. Like, everybody's like, ah, how do you know what you're subscribed to? (laughs) Just cancel your cards. And then whichever one you can't get into within a month, those are the ones you keep. All the other ones, they can just sit on the back burner. You'll come back to them later. Like, I think I still was paying Elder Scrolls Online subscription. And I ain't played that game in almost two years. Yeah, I. Uh, I it took me like eight months after you and I stopped playing before I realized they were taking it out. I was, I was like, well, I know because uh, I did this once before. At least uh, what they give you in the monthly subscriptions, it stays with you. It don't like 
disappear or whatnot, you still get to keep it. And I do like that. Yeah. So when I get back in, you know, all that cool shit that'll probably be up there that brought me back to it. Like, bad owl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and that game was pretty fun. Maybe we should revisit it in the future. I would like to, but I would like to, again, I know we start from the beginning so much. But I would like to at least do the dungeons and stuff and whatnot from the start. Right. Like, instead of, because that was my problem with it. I could have probably gotten a lot more into it. But when I was doing these random dungeons and not understanding any of it hardly. Well, we just did the dungeon queue, didn't we? And it yeah. Was putting us in the random ones. Yeah. Yeah, so I because I think we were doing the story, but like while we were doing the story, we were just queued up for dungeons the whole time, and getting a bunch of loot and experience from doing those. Because yeah, because uh, you could only do dungeons so many times a day. I think it was, but uh, yeah, it was definitely fun. I wonder what they've done with it now with all the DLCs they've come out with on it. Yeah, uh, I know they did the Morrowind DLC, which was coming out yeah. like right after we stopped playing, so we've been out of it for a while, because it's been years. Yeah, now they got the Shadowfell uh, DLC, they got a, the Necromancer one, I can't remember which one's that. But yeah, they got a couple. A lot a of content of, there, a lot of content there. And they could just keep on doing it, because they're, build, they're building the Elder Scroll lore even more. I wonder what their player base is like. Man, I, I did love the whole Cyrodiil thing in the middle of the big-ass battle uh, where, you know, each faction had to capture certain towers and whatnot to advance their field. Man, those were some good times fighting out there. It looks like they still have quite a few players. Um, around one hundred and fifty to 200,000 uh daily active players damn um i guess that translates this thing is saying around four thousand concurrent players um and then this one says twelve thousand concurrent players so yeah i I guess it still has a player base yeah i mean those numbers jumped around a lot two hundred (laughs) thousand twelve thousand four (laughs) what the hell thousand throughout the whole day than 3,000, 11,000 at any given time. Ah, oh, I got you. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I'm sure people are at the point now because the newest DLC, I think, has been out for a minute. So I think people are at the point now where they done mashed the shit out of it to where they're just waiting for the next because they've rolled out with a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're uh, you're absolutely right. They, uh, I think it has been a while since the last one. I can't remember even I what, what yeah, the last I've kind of stopped following it. I th- I think the last one I can recall is the uh, necromancy-ish one or whatnot. All right. So, uh, but but to circle back around, uh, I, I I will be watching the Fallout TV series when it comes out. I think uh, I think it could be cool if it's done right. It could be really cool. Oh yeah. Uh, we had Five Nights at Freddy's movie come out this past week. Oh another God. video game adaption there. Um, apparently, it's one of the largest or the largest opening for a video game movie. Yeah. It's already made. So the thing is, they made a deal with Peacock for streaming rights. 
And that deal alone was worth more than their budget and their marketing, I think. So they made their money back already just from their streaming deal. Because people are like, yeah, why release it to streaming, yada, yada, yada. They had an opportunity to make all their money back just from a streaming deal. They took it. And now the box office alone has, they made, I think it was 120 million, I don't know, or 80 million, something crazy from the opening day alone that was double their budget. Damn, I mean, I've never been a fan of it, just because, you know, mainly spooky, spooky shit, not not a fan <laughs> of it. And then it's animatronics, which is just that extra level. I was terrified of uh, Chuck E. Cheese growing up. Yeah, I never liked those things. Like, I don't I don't know who thought the, those things were fun, but they never were. It was just, you know, an oversized rat. Yeah. <laughs> coming at you. Yeah, it used to scare the <laughs> hell out of me. So I am going to watch the movie probably tonight um, or tomorrow. I definitely want to uh, check it out and see if it's any good. Apparently, the critics hated it, but a lot of fans are loving it. Yeah. Well, critics, uh, I've never, I've never really cared. For I their never opinion. trust critic reviews either. The, the critics, they don't. Most of the time, they don't know what we want. Yeah, well, it's they're going for not what we want, but what we're going to click on. Yeah. What? Who's? Yeah, you're going to click on my review because I'm insulting it. I think. Uh, yeah, that's all I had on my docket. Um. Let's see. So uh, this week we had we discussed it a little last week, but Return to Moria came out. I watched a lot of Return to Moria. We haven't got to play it yet, um, and that's just an expense thing. The end of the year, around Christmas, things are tight. So <laughs> I definitely want to play it though. It it actually does look pretty good. And um, thing is though, like for right now, for fifteen twenty dollars, whatever Valheim cost. You do get a lot more content with Valheim. So Valheim is also that survival, explorer, builder, you know, with combat. And uh, watching Return to Moria gave me a lot of those feels. Um, you have the same thing, the different materials you find. You level up your equipment. And it's not just Valheim that does that. There's plenty of games even way before Valheim. Of yeah. course, I know that. But uh, I don't know. Something about the feel, that Vikingish era of yeah. Valheim. And because it's we played it a lot this year, it's fresh on me, is what Return to Moria is reminding me of. So um, combat doesn't look phenomenal. Uh, it, That's it looks what I like, was hearing. Yeah, yeah. It looks like it was definitely an afterthought. Uh, but, I mean, that's... That's almost always the same for these survival games. Uh, you're mostly, f you know, foraging and trying to build up your base and your equipment and everything. And, uh, and yeah, so it, it doesn't look phenomenal, but it also doesn't look like the worst thing in the world. Uh, I haven't seen any super, super, like, far gameplay. I've seen, apparently, there's, like, a whole elven, like, refuge or, like, area down in the mines and it has like an elven forge and everything and you can repair it and get some exclusive material and items and stuff from there some people set up their base there the whole elven area um and really? it's super cool so i talked about the balrog last week yeah okay i didn't know this took place in the fourth age this is way in the future so the balrog is defeated and of course there's multiple balrogs i think there's uh there's ten or thirteen something like that that uh that were originally created, uh but the one that was at the bottom of Moria was defeated with Gandalf. So uh I I will recant my statement. 
Um, yeah. They they said they're not doing the Balrog. I'm okay with that now. Whatever. I don't know what they have down there. I have avoided that. Uh, and I just haven't seen anyone get all the way down there yet. I haven't intentionally looked for it. So uh, I do want to see what's going on. Uh, and I actually like... The thing is, what separates it, it is $40 compared to Valheim. What separates it, of course, is you're paying for the IP. You're paying for the Lord of the Rings experience. The beginning of the game, you're part of Gimli's party. It is the original actor voicing Gimli, like Hell I said. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's Now he's all gray beard, gray hair. And uh, it, again, you're in the fourth age now, so we're well in the future compared to the Lord of the Rings movie. And they are reclaiming Moria, return to Moria. I guess I could have, should have kind of figured that before. Yeah. But Moria was abandoned for a long time, so they could have returned to it in the second age, the third age, you know, but whatever. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, and uh, long story short, your character that you create gets separated from the party, and that's kind of how you start building your whole ordeal there. Uh, it's up to eight player multiplayer um so yeah it, it looks good uh hopefully of course there won't be a sale in the very near future but hopefully there will be a sale in the coming months uh might jump on it then yeah uh might just grab it here in you know late november december depends on how things go yeah um so uh gimli starts out with you but he doesn't continue with you like, i don't know you if don't... you ever find him again that's that's what I was wondering. If maybe you could find him again or something. Yeah, I don't know. I just know he's in that opening cutscene. You get separated from your party, and that's kind of all I've seen. I've seen a lot of. I've probably watched six hours of early gameplay, and because uh, well, first off, you're not getting far in six hours in that game. No. Maybe you could speed run it. Even though. and the thing is, it is procedural, but it's. It's what some people call in the uh, development space uh, partial procedural. So there's a tile set, and the game is procedurally generated based off those tiles. So, uh, for instance, there's like a whole kind of the halls and stuff of Moria, and, uh, and those rooms are kind of procedurally put together. Um, so every time you play, it will be different, but you will see a lot of the same stuff. So it'll be differently, like, directions, but yeah. it's just the same cosmetics. Yeah, essentially, yeah. yeah. The layout's different, the enemy spawns are different, and uh, I'm assuming ore locations are different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you'll eventually be like, oh, you know, don't expect Minecraft, where everything is completely procedurally generated. You're going to be like, oh, hey, you know, this is the exact same entry hall with the exact same forge locations and stuff we had to repair last time. Because that's all probably just one tile. It's just in a different location now. Yeah. There was a a game kind of like that. It was a little polygonish, but uh, Deep Rock Galactica. So a lot of people have been comparing it because uh, that's the one that also has uh, dwarfs, right? Yeah, and I'm wondering if that, who, who was the creator of that one? Maybe they partnered up or are they the same? I don't think so. I think they're completely separate. Yeah, because that game was had mm, kind of fun. You know, you had the joy of the bar over there, and you could drink with your friends, go out and just kill a lot of bugs with your friends. Yeah, that's Ghost Ship Games, so that is a different developer. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I have heard a bunch of good stuff about Deep Rock Galactic. I think I actually own that one, so. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, um, 
Let's see. I was wondering if they were the same creator. Because, yeah, they they kind of were the same. I mean, other than the fighting aspect, of course, Deep Rock Galactic. From what I've seen with Return to Moria, Deep Rock Galactic's got that beat. Oh, yeah, combat-wise. Because the combat was... I don't know. Some people try to defend it there by saying they're dwarfs. They're not meant to be swinging around axes and whatnot. I'm like, did you see Gimli, dog? <laughs> <laughs> that man was born with an axe. Yeah. Um, I am. I I do like. I hope the game is at least partially successful. No, not partially. I hope the game's successful. Um, I, I, I love to see some Lord of the Rings stuff like this. Uh, the game is definitely, it's definitely not a triple A title. It's probably a double A title. Um, it's, uh, it's essentially, uh, kind of an indie studio that, you know, they got the Lord of the Rings IP and they ran with it. So, yeah, we'll talk about that game more when we finally get to play it. But, uh, yeah, on to the next one. Alan Wake 2 came out, I think just on Thursday or Friday. And I have heard very, very, very good things. I've watched the first probably three hours of the game or so, and it looks good. Uh, and I'm not just talking about the graphics, which also look phenomenal. They uh, So there's a whole detective aspect. While when you're in the game, you're discovering clues and whatnot, you can swap to your detective board. Uh, very much like any TV show you've ever seen where they have like the Polaroids laid out and you connect it with yarn. Hit this, connect yeah. this. And as you find stuff, you can lay it out on your board and you connect it and you're trying to solve all this stuff on your own little board here. And um, uh, it looks really good. Uh, the combat the combat really kind of reminds me of Resident Evil. You've kind of got that over-the-shoulder third person. Um and especially if you play on the higher difficulties, uh, the enemies, you know, you're shooting them in the head and whatnot, and they stagger a little bit here and there, here and there, before they finally die. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the game also has a very kind of creepy aspect to it. Um, uh, it takes place, uh, I believe it's the same city as Alan Wake 1. Um, and Alan Wake 1 was, you know, there's elements of this story that he has no memory writing. Um, and that's kind of coming to life or whatnot in a way mm. uh so alan wake 2 is very similar uh you're kind of in this story um you play as i think alan himself i think the lady's name is claire um there anyway there's a few characters you play as there's a bunch of different uh areas you go to with a bunch of different you know mysteries and sections you have to solve to progress through the game and um, it looks phenomenal. It really does. I think it's also... Now we're talking a game that looks like it's AAA quality, but I think it's only 40 or $50. So this isn't even a full-price game. Hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, anyone, especially if you're a fan of Alan Wake 1, uh, go grab Alan Wake 2. It it it, it looks amazing. Me, uh, I don't know. I guess I'll see the combat on it, but... Uh... I've never really been too much for the whole finding clues thing. I guess, uh, I don't know. I, I'm okay with the whole, like, third 3D, you know, I'm actually being able to walk around. I don't want to just look in a room and be like, hey, <laughs> you got to make sure your mouse is over here to find this. Well, the thing is, I, I tell don't you, like them. it's worth it for the story. But to be completely honest with you, 
Uh, there's probably some hardcore fans right now that are just like, this guy doesn't know what the hell he's talking about because that's, that's very true. Alan Wake is very much, what the hell is going on? You know, it, it's you'll you'll be here in one second, the next second you'll be here, but then stuff, you're like, whoa, whoa, I thought he was here before. What happened to that whole bit? Was that ever resolved? And so there's a lot of stuff going on where you're like, I have no fucking clue what is going on right now. Yeah. Um. But, uh, yeah, so I wouldn't say, you know, hey, go to, you should just play it for the story. The story is, it, it very has, um, very much has Hideo Kojima vibes. A lot of his stories, uh, like Death Stranding and whatnot, you're just like, what the fuck is going on, man? <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, sure, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you, you know, you must be ignorant. Like, it, it's very self-explanatory. Uh, no, that's that's definitely not always the case. There's... There's abs- especially in Kojima's works, he absolutely likes to kind of metaphorically represent things and whatnot, and um, so a lot of his most of his projects are phenomenal. But yeah, going back to Alan Wake, there's a lot of that in there. Like, what the hell? How did I end up here? And how is that relevant to where he was last time I saw him? Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, well you got to play back through this bit because you know now that he's out. But you know, eh, anyway, yeah. It's, it's kind of like, you know, yeah. Mazaki, you know, people can say they know the storylines or, like, the plots of, you know, Dark Souls and, like, the complete lore. But really, you you don't. Yeah, you, so. You, you have no idea. I remember finishing Dark Souls 1 for the first time and just having absolutely no idea what was going on. I was just convinced there was no story. Like, there's no lore, yeah. there's no story. Okay, that was just hard game, right? And then uh, a good friend of mine was like, no, 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 because, you know, this and this and this, and he's, like, trying to explain it to me, and I'm like, well, how do you know that? I Googled it. It's just like, what? Well, how yeah. do they know that? And the thing is, sure, there's clues here and there, and it's it's alluding to a lot of this information. You have to actually read the yeah. items you're picking up and stuff. I get that, but... uh. But yeah, yeah, I know. I I can't sit here before you now and be like, yeah, I I know the lore of Dark Souls. No, I just know I like I I like the games. I do know like I used to know a whole lot because of how much I dug into those games. But now I just know about the skin bases and whatnot. And uh, I I can say I know, but you know I I do like games that make players do that though, make the player actually sit there and build the story themselves or try to piece together the puzzle yeah. themselves instead of uh, I'm not trying to down linear ones because those are still fun as fuck too but uh yeah I, I do like games that have a good back lore like yeah you can play the game like you said didn't know where the hell the story was there is it what story <laughs> Elden Ring did a lot better at storytelling yes yes they did with uh Cause yeah, with Dark Souls and shit, there was no uh, like when you would kill a boss, hardly ever would they reference anything in the game. Right. Whereas Elden Ring, it kind of did that, like it re- referenced other things and other yeah, characters. Yeah, the and there's a lot of lore that was actually super cool, like the whole the great battle between Radon and Millennia. Yeah. And all that stuff where that lore is there, and there was even a little cutscene tidbit. Of their battle or whatnot, 
And um, and then to the point where, you know, it was so interesting, even modders were taking Melenia and putting her in Radon's battlefield yeah. to make them fight and stuff and uh, to kind of recreate that fight. And uh, But, yeah, so there's a lot of tidbits and stuff in the lore that's just super interesting in Elden Ring. Even if you are like, well, I played through Elden Ring. I don't know what's going on. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, I get it because I, I can't even tell you everything that's going on there. But yeah. it definitely does give you more in terms of the lore and the history of the game uh, that, you know, that's actually interesting. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And uh, and here we are right back to talking about Souls games. So we'll move on. So Lords of the Fallen. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. Uh, we did finally beat that, though. We did finish the game, uh, one of the endings there, and it was pretty good. Final rating. Let's start doing that. When we finish a game of the podcast, we'll give it a rating out of 10. Uh, I will honestly give Lords of the Fallen a... Out of 10, so that means 5 is, you know, decent, not great, not terrible, 10 phenomenal, and 0 being horrible. I would say Lords of the Fallen is probably about a 7.6 for me. It's because I think that's a good. I think a 7 is almost a great rating. It's almost impossible to get a 10. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'd say it, it's it's a, it was a good game. But there's a lot of kind of flaws and still bugs there that I now have experience. Um, and then just some general uh, gameplay choices that I didn't super agree with. But they didn't really take away from my experience. So, Oh, yeah. I can see that. Some of the little things that, granted, uh, it could have been just our connection. Uh, you know, I ain't got the best internet and whatnot. And you're out here in the boonies. <laughs> with fiber yeah um all right so give it your rating and then we'll draw up words uh, i guess i would have to i love it just like i love all dark souls games uh so I, mine's higher i'm gonna at least put it up there i don't do well with the a like points and whatnot mm-hmm. but if i had to say i'm not gonna give it a full nine just yet I'm a, I'm gonna put it at about an eight point five ish, I guess. Okay. Because okay. I'm having a good time with it. I'm loving the weapons and just how all of them look. They, uh, I wish they had a little bit better customization on the uh, helmets because all of them kind of look dinky, and I don't really. You mean like the one that made me bald? <laughs> no, that one, that one was ours. One of the best helmets in the game, and it just takes your hair away. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a good one. I got enjoyment out of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I would have to say eight point five on it. Uh, even with the bugs and whatnot, even though it was aggravating at times, like certain things would just be like, oh, oh yeah, like sometimes my dodges wouldn't catch, which again. Could just be connection issues. But, yeah. Uh, nonetheless, yeah. 8.5 sounds good to me. Yeah, we, uh, we casual game of the week last week. We gave it to Stardew. We played quite a lot more Stardew. Um, uh, so, again, that game's on, like, tablets. You know, I think you can get it on your iPhone. I know you can get it on your iPad, uh, your computer, your Nintendo Switch. That game's everywhere, so... Uh, I love games that kind of have that all platform, especially those casual ones like that. Oh yeah, definitely. That's just like uh, Slay the Spire is one I've been doing as well. That's kind of casualish like mm-hmm. that. Uh, I mainly do it when like 
when y'all actually stay up late and we're up to like two or three, and instead of me and Namrick getting into a game till about six o'clock in the morning, I generally will just pop to that and I'll pop it up on uh, stream and he likes watching it and whatnot. But uh, it's been a very fun game. I mean, I'm getting into the much more difficult stuff of it, but yeah. Uh, Slay the Spire has definitely been mine when y'all kicked me off the farm. Uh, well, hold on. Oh, we're tired. Hold on. That, uh, by kicking you off the farm, you mean we close the server because we go to bed. Because we're tired. <clears throat> Look, man, I'm getting old. I'm getting old, too. I got to go to bed. But I ain't getting any younger, so I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. I got to get some sleep. Yeah, I know. I had to buy me an energy drink on the way here. I should have. I should have drank one. I am, and you can probably hear it in my voice. I'm just so tired this morning. I I think we went to bed finally around four or so, and then I was up again. I don't even know, like ten, so yeah. six hours of sleep, and my and that should be plenty, right? But no, my body's just not having it. Yeah, I think I think I went down around five, and I was back up at nine. Yeah, yeah, so you're well-rested. Yeah, you know, they say JC sleeps only four hours, and uh, they're like, he's so successful, he only sleeps four hours. Well, he don't have to lift a damn finger in his life. I'm not saying he don't, but he don't have to lift a finger if he don't want to, so he don't have to waste energy. I can see him not being tired after a four-hour nap. Well, they claim there's these a set of people, and there and there are a few celebrities in that set of people, but a set of people that only have to sleep like two to four hours, and that's it. And what it does to their body is the exact same as it does to you know the normal people getting. Uh, six to eight hours of rest so uh that would be very cool i don't know if it's just a because last time i read about that the science behind it was just completely unknown they didn't know why uh well i I wish they did because that'd be phenomenal i feel like i waste so much of my life sleeping yeah if i I just didn't have to sleep yeah just get rid of that aspect yeah oh man because i think after if you stay up after so many days it is you're actually clinically insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I can't remember how many days you have to stay up straight, but yeah. I think it probably varies. Yeah, per person probably varies. Person. Yeah, because I, I think the longest I've ever done is a three day, four day maybe. I've not done four days. I have all nighter, then the entire next day, and then pulled another all nighter. So close to three days, I guess. But at the end of the other all nighter, the second all nighter, I went to bed at like five in the morning, and then probably slept until one o'clock the next day or something. Yeah, that's the most I've ever gone. I think it was Skyrim. We had just we wanted to go through every possible thing you could all at once. And yeah, we. I, I shouldn't have done that either. <laughs> but yeah, we we went through it. You know, I, I guess there was breaks, but there was no sleep. And sometimes you would just pass off the controller, get you some food in you, uh-huh. you know, and then you get back to it. 
I know I didn't sleep. That, so one of my, I don't know why it's such a fond memory, but what, you and I playing Baldur's Gate uh, on the Xbox, the original Xbox. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we're going through, you know, and uh, and next thing I know, you're running into a wall, and I'm like, Cody, wake up, man. And then next thing I know, I wake up and I'm running into a wall, and I'm like, oh man, oh, hope you didn't <laughs> notice that. And then I see you running into a wall, and then I remember one time I woke up and we were both running into a wall. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah, and we because we did this for probably thirty minutes of back and forth dozing off before I woke up and we're both just running into a wall. And then I'm like, "Hey, man, maybe we should just call it a night." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even though we had this, you no, know, there was an item over here. There, there was an item over here. <laughs> open like hell. There was an item over there. God, open. Because <laughs> oh, <laughs> we, I didn't want to. I didn't want to be known as a bitch for sleeping. Dude, <laughs> you know the game that I just have so many memories of pulling all-nighters playing? Hmm. Growing up, Perfect Dark. Oh, yeah, definitely. Dude, I don't know what it was about that game. Uh, maybe it was the first big co-op experience for us. Um, because you I mean, think back on our Nintendo days and you know our Sega days and all that stuff. What was the first co-op game that comes to your mind? Mine is Perfect Dark. What's yeah, for Nintendo 64. What's another yeah, co-op game? I would game? say Perfect Dark. Um, Besides GoldenEye, exclude GoldenEye. Yeah, I'm trying, now, now that you've asked me on the spot, for some reason my brain just Right? I'm, I'm sitting here itself. like, man, what else did we even have back then on the Nintendo 64? We had Jet Force Gemini. That was that was single player. No, that was double player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they had two players. Yeah, but it was kind of a crappy. Yeah, co-op. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It wasn't a great experience, but Perfect Dark was. It was a proper co-op experience, and I still to this day remember having to aim with the C buttons. Yeah, first person, my ass, dude. You, but uh, Golden Eye actually had it where you could use two Nintendo controllers, and um, and use the double joysticks for actual FPS. So so you held two, and then you had the Z buttons, which they had bound, and then what were, what was the rest of it? I mean, yeah, you have... It was awkward. It was awkward. Yeah, I was about to say... But I they mean, let you do it. Yeah, I guess that's an upside, but... But, too, too but much yeah, shit going on. <laughs> Perfect Dark probably kicked off my obsession with co-op games, because even now, when I want to play a game, I look, and if there's not multiplayer, I'm like, oh, man, oh, yeah. no, I want to play this. But, uh, but yeah, so when you first brought, because you were the one that introduced me to Perfect Dark, you brought Perfect Dark over. I can't remember if I rented it or, like, we got it. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think I... I think I might still have the cartridge for it. Oh shit, nice. But um yeah, we used to pull all nighters like trying to finish all those missions, the gun challenges. And for what the game and age it was, that a whole lot to do yeah. with it. After we finished the game, there was still so much more. Okay, complete this level on the hardest difficulty in less than 11 minutes and then you unlock this skin. And so there's so you much unlock stuff. this cheat. Yeah. Yeah, and there was so much stuff that uh, we would always kind of go for it. I bet we could do it now, but as a kid, you never want to admit your your hand-eye coordination is shit, of course. 
But there's a lot of games I remember being so hard when I was about that age, and I play it now, and I'm like, oh, man, this yeah. is a breeze. Oh, my God. We were fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so there, there's a couple things in Perfect Dark that we were never able to accomplish. I wonder if we could. Oh, uh, yeah. Go get... <laughs> Go get my computer. We're about to load up Perfect Dark. Huh. I can't remember the last one we were working on. I know it was the alien mission. I was say it was uh, well. I think we were trying to unlock Elvis. Yeah. Because I, uh, you know, you played as Joanna, and then the second player always played as the blonde hair girl. Yeah. But then you could unlock Elvis as your co-op partner. But uh, I just remember there to unlock him. The mission was. For like, us at that time, yeah, crazy. We could, we just could not do it in the time limit it wanted. Oh yeah, that's what kept. That's what I remember. Yeah, the time limit is what was catching us. I don't know why, but that Chicago level. Oh yeah, that thing. It is resonates. engraved into my head right now. If you drop me into Chicago, I would immediately know where to go and where that first little shortcut is and everything. Oh yeah, and that that was the one. I think that was the first mission. They int- uh, introduce you to the laptop gun. The the laptop gun was so cool. Oh yeah, so cool. A gun you turn into a sentry turret. Like, come on, man. Yeah, and then just could repick it back up and use it. So, aren't they supposed to be making uh, a new Perfect Dark game? I'm not exactly sure, but I do know why Perfect Dark uh, Zero was a new one, right? Perfect. Perfect Dark Zero was the one we played on the 360. Yeah, that one got really good because it was the first game that introduced like that survival mode to where, and they actually did it pretty well, and that that's what got us all into it. Because I think Josh would play with us then too. Yeah, I um I remember being so excited for that. That was one of the games when we finally got our 360 for Christmas that year. Uh, that was one of the games we like had to have, and luckily, oh it was, yeah, it was um, uh, you know, growing up, our parents definitely weren't wealthy or anything, so we got Dead or Alive Four and Perfect Dark. Yeah, and I think that's it. I think on oh, my birthday, we got um, Dead Rising. Maybe I think I think that's when we got Dead Rising. Could have been, but uh, yeah, man, I. So excited for that. They claim they're rebooting it, but I haven't heard anything else about the reboot. Mm. Yeah, it just says, uh, this game will be a reboot of Perfect Dark. Uh, it is an upcoming video game made in Unreal Engine 5. That's it. That's that's all we know. So mm, I'm really hoping that's not a canceled project. It's still in pre-production. Um, and oh, at least three years from release, according to this article. So, uh, that's fair. I mean, yeah, it'd be good for them to do it right. I hope they don't just do it just to get my money. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I'm a, I'm definitely a fan of the whole Perfect Dark thing. You know, sexy ass lady shooting guns. Uh, that, that that's all I need. <laughs> I uh. Also, the last level, you're. Okay, maybe it's just me. As growing up, though, I felt like the last level level's vibe was completely different from the rest of the game. Uh, you it, mean, I mean the whole uh, alien part in the first one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. It, it, the thing is, there's aliens, of course, there's Elvis and all this other stuff, 
but I don't know something about the level itself just felt different. Yeah, and and I think that level was the one that you could speed run like stupid quick too. Yeah, um, I can't remember the exact <laughs> speed run that was on it, but uh, yeah, I do remember people saying, "Oh yeah, you just get through it." And I remember, I can't remember. I think the boss had like shields or something. You had to do something to get them to like take them off. Damn, now I want to play Perfect Dark. Oh, yeah. It do sound fun. I mean, we do got those emulators. It wouldn't be hard to get. Yeah, yeah. And it's not illegal because I own a copy of the game, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. Oh, the good old Nintendo 64 days. The, yeah, those, those have always been. What a... Fucked up controller design. Well, yeah, that that that's a definite. So then, when the GameCube came out, they decided to improve on it by finally giving us dual joystick. But the second joystick was I Your don't C buttons. It, it it was the C buttons, but they finally turned the C buttons into a joystick, like it should have. Well, I'd say like it should have been. You know, it's kind of how it was used a lot. Uh, so they, but it gave you like a little knob. Do you remember the original? GameCube controller, it wasn't a proper joystick. It was more, it yeah. moved like a joystick, but it was actually like a knob. Yeah. You had to move around, and it wasn't as comfortable to use. Like, yeah, it was just a little circle that was on your thumb instead of like most yeah. joysticks. Like, instead of an actual thumb pad. Yeah. It was a thumb knob. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the Xbox, it was, okay, so here's how we went, though. We went from Nintendo 64 to Xbox, and that was that was a jarring difference. That, like, that controller design is completely different. Your game library was completely different. All the Nintendo games you grew up with, you don't have anymore. Yeah. And, uh, and our first controller, you know, we did have, like, the revised version of the Xbox that had that slimmer controller... But then when we bought a second controller, we did have the Duke, the big yeah. boy. And uh, and that's the one you used. I wasn't using the big boy. Yeah. I like tiny controllers. I had tiny hands. I got fat boy hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, so when we got that, we had Jet Set Radio and Sega GT Racing 2000. Yeah. We played a lot of Sega GT Racing 2000. Oh, yeah. And, I had a uh, lot of good times. Yeah, that. yeah, and you, to this day, uh, are a cheapskate. <laughs> yeah, even in video games, I said, yeah, yeah. So, for people who've never played Sega GT 2000, you could buy used parts. Yeah. Used parts uh, had, you know, a chance of not working. Yeah, they had a wear condition thing. Some of them were orange, some of them were yellow, some of them were red. Yeah, so Cody, to save some money, decided he was going to buy some used parts. And the thing is, we didn't have much money. So, But here was kind of the loop you're stuck in with that game. Is Cody bought these used parts, and I don't remember, do you sell the old parts? I don't remember how that worked, or they're just gone, or whatever it was. Yeah, that was it. And, uh, and... The used part blew as soon as we started the started the race. He got like down the first straightaway. Yeah, like on the first turn to like not even in the race. So, just so now we have deal. a shit box 
and we can't get more money because we can't win races, and now we don't have any spare parts. We can't get new parts because we don't have money. So I don't even remember what the fix was for that. We had to go back to like the stupid early races, the stupid easy stuff to try and. If I'm correct, I thought we sold the car. Oh to yeah, get more crappy. Yes. Then, then we went back to the crappier races. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's think almost, that's almost like it. starting over. It was. It was like we got there and then. And then your cheap parts ruined our dreams. Well. Look, I had no other choice. I had I had you to did. take a chance. Yeah, you did have a choice. You could have just waited. But there was money on the line. <laughs> they they were given a lot of money to win that race. So now for the real reason I bring this up. We also had Jet Set Radio Future. Oh, yeah. And we slept on it forever. And the thing is, you can only play so much Sega GT racing... And uh, and then we got another game. I don't remember what it was, but you can only play so much of those two games. I think it was more when, and that was back, we slept on that one too. Yes, we did. We absolutely were like, wow, this game's dumb. And, yeah, um, so that's why Sega GT got the most attention at the start. So then we decided to try Jet Set Radio, the weird, funky game with this rollerbladers jumping around, graffitiing stuff. Yeah. Man, that game ended up being awesome. <laughs> it is. It was one of the most awesomest ones. Another game where they had, you know, they had a good couple of challenging things. You know, even after you kind of beat the game, uh, you could go back. I, I think it did have end game. Like, you know, after you beat the game, you could just go around and skate around. I guess find all the little items. or little, Yeah, the collectibles. Yeah, collectibles. But then they also had the challenges and whatnot. So game, the game was a full game. Yeah, and uh, it was actually really good, and I wish they would re-release it. Give it to us on PC or something. I want to play through it again so bad. Yeah, the especially the soundtrack and all, you know. It was just an all-around pretty good, you know, and chill I think, vibe I think that's the game. Reason. Like, there, there was some kind of, like, fight-ish scenes, I guess, in mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But it really wasn't nothing too, too much, I don't remember. I feel like so Sega did uh send out a survey to certain people where it showed the Jet Set crew and uh, in a bunch of different art styles. They did like cell shaded and you know kind of a more modern vibe with flat color tones and uh and yeah and it was which one of these do you think looks best? And uh, so that really, really, really gives me hope that they're working on a new title. Maybe. And uh, and uh, I, I'm I'm not against cell shaded, but I'm hope hoping they don't really go that route. You know, the whole Borderlands ordeal. Um, I'd rather the more kind of flatter style like the original ones. Yeah, yeah, I, I would like kind of maybe uh, touch it up a little, but yeah, keep it keep it more like the old style. So then, now on to Morrowind. And uh, you're, you guys are getting a blast from the past today. We talked about, you know, the yeah. games we've touched this week, but now we're going blast to the past just because... Because technically, we, uh, the two games I've played this week is Lords <laughs> of the Fallen and Stardew Valley. I haven't really touched nothing else. <laughs> I was say, I've watched a lot more of other stuff, but... Uh, but yeah, yeah, so that that's the pros of this podcast is we're just going to go wherever we want to go with it. Damn right, we're on the journey. <laughs> so Marwin was when we were just so bored. It was during the summer. I, I very vividly remember this. 
It was during the summer, so we were out of school, and we decided to just try this game and just grit our teeth and get through how stupid it kind of was. Now, now, no, 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 before you shoot me, we ended up loving Marwin. It goes down in history as one of my favorites that I always tell people. So many people jumped on ship it with Oblivion, and I always tell people, like, okay, the graphics now are so jarring, it's hard to get by. But if you can, go back and play Morrowind, get the full collector set or whatever, or edition yes, that comes with, with the Tribunal and the uh, Blood Were- Moon. Blood Moon, yeah, that's yep. what it was. And uh, Okay, so here was here's how our playthrough went. Morrowind, you could kill anyone. It would give you a little thing that said, yeah, yeah, daddy, yeah, could be crucial to the story. I remember we were way across the map and there was some random lady in a tent. And she looked at us funny, so we killed her, right? Yeah. And the game's like, yeah, this person crucial, yada, 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 yada. Just like, yeah, there's no way a random lady in a tent's going to be that crucial. It's probably for a side quest or something. Yeah. Five or six hours later into the story, sends us, oh, yeah, go all the way to the north and check out yada, 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 yada. And we go there, and it leads us to an empty tent. (laughs) And we sat there for a good minute trying to figure out where this person was. Realizing, oh, we killed her. Yeah, yeah, she's dead. <laughs> um, we had to load. And the thing is, at this point in time, they had, what was the bear helmet called? Do you remember? The what helmet? The helmet that was like a bear skull. It was like the best helmet in Morrowind. <sighs> I could have told you. No, I can't remember. I it. was just talking about it like six months ago or something, and the name was so vivid in my head. But, uh, yeah, and we had to go back through and get, like, all of this great stuff we found, like our first Daedric armor set, all this stuff we found. Um, the Lord's Mail. Yeah, because we had to reload way, 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 way back because we killed that lady in the tent. So we had to find a save, go all the way there, make sure she's alive, and then redo everything we did. We lost so much progress. But the reason I tell people to go back and play Morrowind is Marwin doesn't really put limitations on what you can do. You have yeah. the soul gems, and uh, and then you could essentially use that to create custom spells, and uh, and then uh, scrolls and oh, stuff yeah. that does crazy, crazy attribute modifiers. Uh, what was it? Our spell did it like increased your speed. <laughs> And we had modified it so high, it increased your speed by some crazy substantial number. (laughs) So every time we'd want to go somewhere, we kept the spell. It didn't go away like when you used it. You kept it. So we would just pop it, and you're like, (laughs) their little (laughs) shitty sound effect. Cast it on yourself, and then you could cover the whole map in seconds. Like, things would have trouble rendering. And uh, so you could also... they. At the beginning of the game, you can get this scroll of that makes you jump stupid high. Yeah. You can create that, but then combine it with like a slow fall or something. I don't even remember how we did it now. And and then we were just jumping across the map. It felt like fleas. Yeah. And so, yeah, there weren't really limitations to what you could do if you knew how to do it. And I, I love that. Oh, yeah. They definitely let, they, they just let you do what you wanted. If you knew how to mess with it right there, they... Yeah, because I still remember we did, because uh, I was somebody that never liked letting things go. I'm mm-hmm. a collector in games, and uh, so I wanted to have infinite, you know, weight. Yeah, right, right, carrying capacity. Yeah, so uh, 
Yeah, I started doing the little uh, scroll thingy to be able to do it, and it worked. It just sucked because, you know, that's an older game. And it trying to load up 5,000 different When you opened your inventory, it's like... (laughs) It takes like four or five minutes to even... It's like another little loading screen just to get in the inventory. maybe store all your stuff in a barrel next time. (laughs) Then I remember... Okay, so this is... Keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, this is before kind of the time of widespread internet. Sure, a lot of people had internet. We didn't. No. Um, yeah, we weren't. We, our family sure didn't have the latest and greatest. So we didn't even know there was expansions for Marwin. I think maybe. How did we? We actually bought the game disc. That was when the DLC came out on, it came a, on game a disc. disc. We went to GameStop. That's right. So mom was getting her hair done or something. And there was a GameStop a couple stores down. So we told her we were just going to go hang out in GameStop the whole time. Thinking back, that probably made the guy who worked there. But then again, you know, we used to just chit-chat with that dude, you know, for hours while she was getting her stuff done. But now, like, as an adult, I look back and I'd be like, man, will these kids get the hell out of here? There's two 11-year-olds sitting in the store for two hours. I gotta pee. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, But, yeah, so uh, that's when we saw the Marwin... Uh, DLC and it, Blood Moon and Tribunal, and we bought it, but we got it home and it was like too scratched, right? It was I like the the so. disc we got just didn't properly. Fun- it was in horrible shape. We couldn't play it. We were devastated. Well, the good news is it was like a couple of days later, my uh, mom was taking grandma or something to get her anyway. So she took us back to the store. And uh and yeah and the guy's like oh yeah sorry about that and he traded us out and that the new one was almost in perfect condition. Oh yeah. And uh so we were able to come home, and uh it was super cool because it was like you went to bed and you woke up with like the letter the black handprint, uh for the whole tribunal ordeal. Yeah. And then for Blood Moon, see the Blood Moon that was the whole. Uh, that, that was you're out in kind of like the snowy area, and I think you had to. It was werewolves, right? Yeah. Or vampires sure, and sure. werewolves. What was it? I Are, think there was vampires in it as well. I think it was the whole vampire werewolf thing. But uh, I think you had to kill somebody in that area. Or you had to kill somebody secretly and like you thirst for the blood or something. Mm-hmm. la di la I don't think you actually like got bit or something. Well, there well there was a part in the story where you make a decision, but I remember there's a ring, and was it the ring let you transform at will or something? Yeah, yeah, you could you could anyway anyway it was super cool. We were super excited because we had finished Marwin at this point, and then we found out there's a whole lot more Marwin now with this DLC that was just buying a new disc. It wasn't the day of going online and buying DLC yeah. or. You know, throwing it in your face every time you launch the game. Get our DLC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same thing with the Halo map pack. Like, we uh, we had heard there was a map pack out there, but until we went to GameStop and actually saw a disc for the map pack, which was, what was it? It was like $10 or something. Yeah. Then we were able to get the map pack, come home, and we had all the new maps. It was awesome. And we played Halo so much that that was just like groundbreaking for us. Yeah. 
Yeah, we always did. Tried to always have four, if not three, people fighting. Mm-hmm. Just because two, yeah, it was fun, but it got dull pretty quick. We used to, uh, it, it was crazy. We used to uh, set up like a map on Headlong or something. And especially the three of us, me, you, and Josh back in the day, we'd set up a custom match. And um, and we would play no time limit, no kill limit. Just sit there and constantly fucking each other up. For like six hours. Yeah, just on, nonstop. On one map. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, after like an hour, I'd be like, fuck this map, I want something new, and we'd swap or something. But, uh, man, I remember just like uh, getting your stuff together and having your own little section. Yeah. And it was like, anyone comes into my section, you know. Yeah, you're, you're going to get fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyway, it was good times. <laughs> good times. Uh, or I still remember sometimes we'd break from the actual combat when somebody would think of just some stupid idea like, can we get the tank? Can, can we do a tank flip and <laughs> launch ourselves out of the map over here? Yeah. Or, yeah, can we squeeze a warthog into <laughs> this door? And, uh, yeah, and, and we'd just try at it forever. That's like you and I. I genuinely feel like we're the first people to do it on that Halo 3 level. Um, because, you know, we, we played at release or whatever. And there was this entire section where you're supposed to get out of the Warthog, get in the building, and you're supposed to go through this whole building. It's multi-layers, yep. multi-stories. You have to go up and around and up and around and all this. And we refused to leave the Warthog. I think it was a Goss Cannon Warthog. Yep. And I drove that thing all the way through the... There was one part we were stuck for like 15 minutes where it was moving like a centimeter every yeah, time. Yeah, like if and somebody like, kept running into the back of it, yeah, it like yeah. barely moved. And then when we f- it finally went through, we just like lost it. We made it to the <laughs> very end of the level. And being naive children, we always hoped something special would happen too. Yeah, like, like oh come on, come on, we're in a warthog. Yeah, yeah but uh, nothing ever happened. But yeah, you weren't I supposed was, to do that. I was so so excited. That we managed to pull that off back then. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, those were the times. Just trying to, well, let's see if the war dog can make it through this. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Kick it into full speed. Ram. <laughs> then I look at some of the speed runs now for some of the Halo games. Dude, some of them are insane. There's the, uh, I'm almost positive it's Halo 1, where you're up the level where you're on the beach near the beginning. Yeah, the cartographer. Okay. Yeah, man, you're good with names. <laughs> I played that game so fucking <laughs> 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 fun. That one I remember the first time we beat on Legendary. That yeah. was awesome. But uh, so there's a lineup you do where you have to throw like three grenades really quick, and then you jump for the speedrunners, and if you threw them all at the right time and place... It yeah, lines right. them up perfectly in air, and you boom, boom, boom. Yep. Oh, and it shit. successfully launches you up three times in the air all the way to the top of the platform. So you don't have to go up the stairs nonstop. It skips all the stairs and everything, and the speedrunners are just triple grenade jump. Boom, 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 all the way to the top. It's one <laughs> of the craziest, most insane lineups I've ever seen for any speedrun. Hell yeah. That... I'm, I'm going to have to show you it. Yeah, that, that, that sounds crazy, but yeah. Speedrunners, I mean, I give it to y'all. Y'all got some, uh, y'all got some ideas. <laughs> Sometimes that make me think, you know, I, I generally I don't like speedrunning, but uh, I, I see some of the ideas they come up with. I'm like, you know, that's actually pretty fucking smart. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh man. Yeah, the the good old days of okay, so Perfect Dark is where we started and we've talked about that. But then Halo 2 and Halo. Uh we got into the Halo games. And the thing is, I feel like we got into Halo when Halo 2 came out or right before it came out or something. And uh no, uh we got into Halo, remember? Yeah, 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 oh. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I know, but I'm saying, when did we get into the first Halo? Was it at launch, or was it near closer to when Halo Two came out? No, remember this was a completely random game that uh, my dad had gotten an Xbox for me, right? And uh, I said, "Yo, this is a really fun game." I don't, I don't remember when we actually got it, when it actually released, mm-hmm. but I believe it had been released for a little bit at that time. But yeah, that's when I was like, "Oh, you gotta play it, man." And so we brought out we we had that one before Halo Two okay, released, okay. and then we were so hyped up for Halo Two's release. We were like waiting for. I remember we had to rent it. Gallery, yeah. Yeah, we we had to rent it, but then it was so good, and we kept on like trying to get through on Legendary, which Halo Two Legendary is a whole different monster. Yeah, no, and uh, don't do that. So then we just <laughs> we asked if we could rent it again, and our parents used to let us, you know, do a little five day rental, you know. Um, every week or so for a game or whatnot at this point because Movie Gallery did get big uh, in our little hometown there for a while, which for anyone out there, Movie Gallery was kind of like a little blockbuster. Yeah. And um, so we just... brand. Yeah, we just kept on with Halo 2 and Halo 2 and Halo 2 until finally, uh, you know, mom and dad and just like, maybe we should just get y'all Halo 2. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we rented that one a lot. Well, um, I mean, we had to. Halo too. Yeah, so we we also like many many of you out there went through that Halo obsession, and uh, we played so much Halo One, uh, and then towards the end of Halo One, finding out you know you could stack grenades and launch warthogs, and and then we started playing around with it, and uh, it wasn't that was a the name of that level was IWBYD, right? Yeah. That uh, would have been your daddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in Halo 2, they made it into a skull. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, IWBYD skull. Wait. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think there was a skull. No, I, I, but I do remember you could jump on the Pelican uh, back at that uh, level. That would have been your daddy level. Uh, mm-hmm. Right whenever the Pelican comes in and drops you off, there was a way. I can't remember how we did it, but there was a way to actually get in. You technically didn't get to drive it; it just followed its path. Yeah, and eventually went out of the fo- out of the screen or whatnot. And I think you would die. Uh-oh. Yeah, the I'm sure people know exactly the circumstances behind it now. But the IWBYD skull in Halo Two, it was on the level with the little sniper alley we were stuck on on Legendary Forever. And they also had the blind skull right there at the very beginning of that level. You yeah. Do a grenade jump, hop over, go to the little alley, blind skulls back there. So the thing is, there was something very, very, very particular that had to be done. And we watched like very, very, very early days of YouTube or whatnot, like a hundred videos on how to get this skull, the IWBYD skull. And, um, and it was like, oh, well, it's time based. Oh, well, it has to be on this difficulty. Oh, and there's a thousand. Oh, you have to kill these jackals in this order. Yeah. And, and yeah, and it was the one time it finally spawned. It's like we have no idea what we did, but it wasn't anything that any of those people told us to do. 
just like okay this thing makes absolutely no sense oh yeah but then i think when you got it it didn't it do something with grunts it created like it uh made characters uh in halo 2 i know they didn't restrict it to just grunts it uh made everybody have extra dialogue Oh, that's right. Like all the enemies had extra dialogue. And then I think in three is where they kind of limited that to just grunts. Mm -hmm. I remember Halo 3's was super cool, though. It was in the Banshee level. And you had to fly down to the bottom of, like, the pillars and stuff. And there was the grunt birthday party down there. Yeah, the grunt birthday party scroll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that one was super cool. Because they're all just sitting there, you know, jumping the yada yada. And, and that was the one where you shot them in the head, head, they exploded in confetti. Yeah. Their heads exploded and confetti came out. And then you heard the, hooray! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that was a good time. They, they they did something clever, I say, with the skull thing in the Halo games. That that was a pretty clever way to, you know, give gives some They yeah, were big cheats. on Easter eggs. Yeah. It, it had some some. It was kind of cheatish, I guess. Oh, for but instance, like the, for the most part, all the skulls were more against you than yeah. For there were you. they gave you a multiplier for your points at the end. But yeah, the birthday skull is a good example of because the explosions from the headshots actually did more damage, explosive damage. Yeah, and uh, so so yeah, that's a. a, a, a an example of a skull that was making things easier. But then you had ones like blind. You know, that did actually add to your modifier. Or Thunderstorm, or, the one that made them the highest yeah, rank. Yeah, like all elites were gold or silver yeah, elites like, or whatever. and It was it was crazy. Yeah, yeah crazy. That, was, that was nuts. Then you'd get the one where they would throw more grenades and shit. Oh, my God. That was hell. Oh, my God. They would throw so many, and then others would... It would blow up other plasma grenades and launch them <laughs> and then blow themselves up again. And it was just like, it, it, it was too much. It's too much. That, that skull, <laughs> you had to definitely get down in some covers. What was the one where, what was it? It was, I think it was the only way to reload was to melee an enemy or something. There was something that involved meleeing an enemy. I can't remember what that one was called, but yeah. Or maybe it didn't involve reloading. I don't know. There was something that involved that was also... Yeah, yeah. I think that's the only way you could regenerate your shields is by... Oh, maybe that was it. Maybe punching was it. them. It, it kicked off your shield. Regen- no shield regen unless you melee an enemy or something. Yeah, there was something like that. Yeah. I still... Like right now, if we play through Halo 3, uh, it'll... As we go through each level, I bet you I can. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, that's where it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, 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 like that one. Uh, you had to wait for the guy to come out on the building, mm-hmm. and then you had to shoot him at least once, and he would drop. He would the drop skull. it. Yeah, crazy stuff. Like Bungie, where's that stuff? And uh, you know, because Destiny has some Easter eggs, but very few and far between. It's more of a serious game. Yeah. Um. And then 343 tried to keep the tradition going, but it just doesn't hit home like it used to, you know? Yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not happy with 343. Uh, um, I, I, I want to be because they, they've got Halo, and I, I keep hoping they'll do it right. But I got to say, it's they don't even really feel like halo much anymore i mean other than the fact that i'm in a spartan suit yeah i uh i kind of do want to try the battle royale that's come out with the new season of infinite though 
I, I definitely would. I would like to give it another try to get a little, you know, uh, because, well, the multiplayer has always been kind of the same. They've definitely done some new things to it and whatnot here and there. They gave us some new weapons, new vehicles. But uh, it generally is the same. You know, you just get new maps and new guns. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I'm always going to love the multiplayer, but just campaign-wise. So, hold on, hold on. All right, so jog my memory here. Halo 2 had dual wielding. Yes. And Halo 3 also had dual wielding, right? I remember the little Magnum revolvers. Yeah, the, yeah. The shotgun revolvers. It was very limited. I, so, but they, could you still do the Needler dual wielding say, 3? Well, that's what I'm trying to remember. I think 3 was when they converted the Needler into more of a single rifle type thing. Um, Was that 3? I'm trying to remember if it was Crap. 3 or 4. I just remember I used to be. I think huge. it was four that had the single needler rifle, like the little choof, choof, little scout rifle one. I, I'm pretty sure. I don't even know, dude. I just know Halo Two. I would always dual needler, always dual needler. I love dual needler. And then I think Halo Three was kind of the same needler, but you could only hold one or something, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't think, even remember. I, don't I even think remember. you could only hold one. Needler. I know I started using those little shotgun pistols though. Oh yeah, and I remember Maulers. going on a crazy killing spree with those things. Uh, oh shit! On that one map that had all the little elevators, it was one of the. Oh yeah, I remember where you had the little lifts up and shoot yes. you across and whatnot. I can't remember the name of it right now, but oh my god, that's where I. Became a sniper god. (laughs) I, like, personally would sit there and farm that sniper. And then I think they eventually moved it up to, like, dead center, middle, top, you know, where you're all out in the open. You better Uh hope you can run and grab that bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Because you got about three other people on the other side that's thinking the same thing as you. (laughs) Yeah, now, now I just find when I play Halo, I don't mind traditional Slayer. I just play SWAT a lot, though, because, like, drilling down people's shields is just like, ah. I've always liked the whole shield aspect just because you can actually, because there's been times where, yeah, I would run in there with the assault rifle, and everybody remembers the number one go-to, which was the and then melee. So, mm-hmm. and I, at first, it, it was just stupid. No matter what. Y'all would both die, or you, yeah, it was generally you'd both die. Like it didn't matter. If y'all yeah, were both as long as you it. got the shield almost off. Yeah, and then it didn't have to be completely off. Just like ninety percent off, and then a melee would kill them. Yeah, and yeah, and and that's Halo has more kill trades than any other game I can think of. And, and not only that, but it's also death grenades. I I I believe Halo absolutely started the whole death grenade or yeah. You know, uh, they were so viable then, especially plasma grenades. Like, you know you're going to die just trying to, can you stick it? Yeah, can you stick it? Yeah, definitely. Um, but, yeah, I did like when they finally worked that out, you know, to where, like, it really, because before it kind of seemed like no matter what, it didn't matter if they shot the same amount of bullets as you or not. Uh, if you did that, it was still just a trade. So it kind of seemed cheating in a way where I would run up, and then swing where this guy would just turn around, pat, and I'd be dead. But uh, when they finally worked that out, 
it, it really started, like, I loved being able to run up in there. You know, you got uh, a couple guys down there. You throw a grenade. That does some damage. But then you pull out your assault rifle and you take out at least one, pop off another shield. And then you'd have to switch to your secondary, like your pistol, to try to clean up the rest. I liked how it made you try to think of different attack modes like that. As opposed to the just... That's fair. Yep. But SWAT was still fun. They 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 really did that really well. Mm-hmm. I, I did love SWAT too. I mean, I think I coined it to tell you the truth back in the day because I remember in Halo 1, <laughs> we had the game called uh, One Pop or One Shot. And uh, yeah, you had the old... Halo Combat Evolved, you know, pistol. Mm -hmm. And you had no shields, but you couldn't take away your health in Halo. So, yeah, you could get popped in the legs like a billion times, it seemed. But if you aimed and got somebody's dome, that was it. They were done. So that's why we named it One Pop. So that was technically SWAT back in the day for us (laughs) before it got big. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Cody invented SWAT. (laughs) Damn right. Something like that. <laughs> even though I didn't have internet at that time. They we didn't tell know. nobody about it. They also <laughs> invented it themselves, but we just did it for it was cool. Yeah, yeah. We 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 were cooler. <laughs> oh, man. The good old days. Um, I remember taking off school early. I had nothing but electives um, for my senior year of high school because I'd finished all my classes. I remember just leaving at lunchtime for the Halo Reach beta. Oh yeah, Halo Reach. Uh it uh, that one I think actually brought a lot of people to Halo 2 that mm-hmm. hadn't played like Halo 1, 2 or 3 and then Reach came out and you know cuz Halo 3's multiplayer was pretty big. It, it was Absolutely. It was definitely one that brought I think like cuz I remember us logging in and it actually told us how many people were online? Yeah. Like the first day it, it launched, wasn't that thing up there to like six hundred thousand? It was something crazy, yeah. Yeah, because I think we did the math on it because we're like, hold up, the game's sixty dollars at base. It had its collector's editions and whatnot, but sixty dollars. And I remember us doing the math, and we were like, we need to make a video game. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. Yeah, Halo Reach was a good way. It brought other Spartans into the mix. So you weren't just just Master Chief. I do like how they did that as well. The the whole new game mechanic of, you know, dropping an overshield or getting active camo. That, that was a really, you know, they did it really well. I think Halo 3 popped on it a little bit. Okay, I remember the big thing being for Halo 3 was the bubble shield. Everyone was yeah, so excited so for the about that. Dude, I remember they showed a gameplay clip like before the game was released, like some developer footage of somebody throwing a spike grenade in a bubble shield. Oh my and god. If man. you did that, it would just instantly kill anyone in the bubble shield. And uh we tried to replicate that shit all the time. If you never tried, accidentally shit like that would happen. But yeah. when you're trying to do it, then never. it becomes almost impossible. Yeah, it's almost never. Yeah, I remember when we first saw that and we were like, oh, we got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, yeah, people people get creative now because, uh, 
they put bubble shields like they uh, would put them on like the back of a mongoose. Oh yeah, or on the warthogs. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's cool. It's cool. Um, now it's man. What was it in Halo Infinite that we were doing? Oh well, now they made it where there's a field repair thing, where you could throw it down and it repairs your vehicles. Oh shit! That's part of the new season. That's pretty cool, I guess, because they have made the vehicles kind of. Ever since Halo One, it's like the vehicles become more and more destructible. And I mean, no, not just like yeah, they just pieces fall off. Especially since in Halo One, they didn't. Yeah, in Halo (laughs) One, they did not. That Scorpion tank, no, you're not blowing. Yeah, you're not blowing that up. You're not blowing up the Warthog. And then Halo Two, they kind of. I would say Halo Two was the weakest vehicles. Because especially when we found out we could shoot the gas the tank gas off tank. the ghost. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, that was like a sniper's that number one metal. round cylinder thing on the side there. Especially because yeah. I remember this in three. I think it was you with me or it might have been Bubba because Bubba was playing in three as well with me. Uh it was uh, that one map where you got, like, the little beach side, and then to the right, there was a little, like, tunnel way. You could go up that way. Then on top, there was, like, a little fort. You know, you Is had this the wall. one where, at the end, you go into the tunnel with the highway? That's how the level kind of ends? Oh, uh, no, this ain't, uh, uh, no, this, this was, a, like, multiplayer map level. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 and, uh. Like Zanzibar? Zanzibar had the beach and like the big windmill thing that was spinning. Yeah, no, 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 no. This was this was kind of a more smaller map for a four v four type deal. Okay. And you had that little fort up top, um, and the two little sideways. You had the little side up the canyon side, and then you had the little caveway to the side there. But anyways, I remember right there at the fort, uh, somebody. It was either you or Bubba. That was hijacking a ghost at the time. And uh, I can't remember what, or no, I think you were getting. Yeah, yeah. Is this the one that had the creek, though? And uh, and like with the waterfall where you go up the cliff? Uh, No, 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 no. That's that's Battle Creek. I know which one you're talking about there. No, that. That's not There's it. So many maps. Yeah, there, there is. uh, I can't really. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Finish your story. But um, yes, uh, y'all were getting hijacked. And uh, I still remember y'all, oh, man, I'm getting hijacked. But y'all come right out the base at that point. I was sitting down there with the sniper near the beach side upon the little cliff ledge you could get up mm-hmm. onto. And I just fucking of the dude before he could hijack. And, oh, my God, that set my day there, too. <laughs> I, I, I loved how there was kills like that in Halo. I felt like I never got to too much capture that from anything else. The things that have come close, mm-hmm. I would say, would be Battlefield. But Halo, I don't know, just some of their kills I would oh. get would be just, like, insane. I'd like to talk more on the Gears of War franchise in another episode, because we're going to wrap this one up soon. Because, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, to be honest, we are both tired, and it is showing in this episode. <laughs> uh, but uh, I will never forget the snipe on Gears of War. Yeah. And you know what I'm talking about. 
Oh, yeah. So Gears of War 1 was really cool because it was more of a lobby browser system instead of matchmaking. And we loved that. Um, now, you know, nowadays, sure, matchmaking's just better. I get it. But with Gears of War 1, we like just going, hopping lobbies and picking a lobby. And we made our own one day. And uh, Cody was really, really good with the torque bow. And I was really good with the sniper in Gears of War. Yeah. And we <laughs> always enabled friendly fire because if, you know, you made a mistake, we wanted you to own up with your mistake. Oh, yeah. We always, because we, we made it essentially an infinite server. You know, there yep. was just nonstop killing. Yep. And uh, and I remember Cody and I were always on different teams um, for the most part when we were hosting a lobby. And so, Cody, we're, what is the name of that map? It's one of the most famous maps. Gridlock. Keep, gridlock. We're in Gridlock, and uh, and we're kind of the perch where people, not in the center perch where people like to snipe from, but the across from, the ones that are across from each other. Yeah. Uh, where the little boom hammer and whatnot's down in the middle. We're uh, we're sniping. He's got a torque bone. I've got the sniper. And I remember seeing Cody and I pop up, and I'm right on his head. And I go to fire, and the moment I do, he crouches back down, and my teammate is running behind him with the lancer, and my teammate's head explodes. <laughs> it was funny, too, because the whole time they had been friends through. For a good little bit, I think that dude was in the server for like at least yeah, an he, hour he was or so. Yeah, there when we almost Yeah, the first right when we there. started. And he didn't have a mic, but we were vibing. Yeah. You know? and, uh, and after that, he hated me. <laughs> he made it was his vendetta to do and i was his teammate so he always knew where i was and all he did was track me down and <laughs> kill me down. non-stop after that and i'm on comms like yelling it was an accident but no he was just he was relentless i was trying to stop him too but i was laughing too much oh, man. <laughs> i couldn't get my words out because it was it was just one of those moments that could never be replicated again Ever. And that, that was when we didn't have recording. Like yeah, of course, to. right? <laughs> but, yeah, I'll always remember that in my, like, blind torques. I used to call them across the map. Oh, yeah, where you're not, like, really ADSing. Just kinda... Yeah, you're just uh, holding it, charging. You're kind of guessing it because, you know, Cliff, yeah, if I'm about correct. About where the center of your screen is. Yeah, Cliff taught, taught us, you know, in his little first interview he did about the game was, you know, just aim over your shoulder. And if you could line it up just right, you would always know where that thing go. Yeah, I still remember our little, uh, our little uh, pact we had. Cause I'm sorry, we were the best Gears of War players there ever was. Don't don't, <laughs> don't test me. Uh, we got to the point where we got so bored on just killing people and winning the game so much, we made a pact where you had to run up and stick an enemy with a smoke grenade. You had to tag them before you were allowed and to kill them. And it did no damage to them in one. Mm -hmm. I think in like two or three, they started actually knocking you down and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I love that. It was just a little challenge. Yeah, yeah. We, we would just work. be going through the map, swinging chains around, <laughs> ducking behind corners and whatnot, having a good old time. Just It, it relivened it for us. It was that extra curve, that extra challenge. And the funny thing is we were still donking on people with that challenge uh -huh. i hope cliffy b gets back to making games i know his last one was an absolute flop his last two were absolute flops 
Um, but I, I really hope to see. I think he made a little teaser. He retired from game dev, and then he made a little announcement on Twitter saying he might be working on something in the near future. So what was his last two flops? He made Lawbreakers. Yeah, wasn't that supposed to be like a Lawbreakers was supposed kinda to be Overwatchy ish? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was an arena shooter game. The whole it was very gravity focused, like uh Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, I know yeah. What you're talking about. And uh my issue was I had a decent PC back then and I struggled to run it. It was it was a very hard to run game when it came out. Um but yeah, it just I don't know. It just it wasn't phenomenal. I, I didn't hear much come out about it either. So then he made a battle royale that was very memey. Uh I don't remember what it was called, but like it was one of the first ones where you like exploded into money and like all this crazy shit. And uh I can't remember the name of it. But uh yeah, it, it wasn't live very long. It was it was like a I think a cash grab attempt to try and make something worth yeah. something and it, it try to recoup. Just, yeah, and they just couldn't maintain the servers or anything, so they shut it down after a couple just a couple months too. And uh and he was like, All right guys, well I think I'm retiring from game development. Uh but yeah, recently he made an announcement that he might work on another project, so maybe he'll get back to his roots and give us something story based. Yeah, because uh, not to totally dig into it, but Gears of War was a story, dude. Now that, that, that it was, was I, when they got into 4, I kind of, it was like they made 1, 2, and 3 and were like grand and then 4 come in. And well, it's eh. the same thing as Halo. It's the same thing as Halo. Yeah. Cliffy B left after 3. So yeah. Microsoft just kept it pulling it along after that uh, to make more content. But yeah, the original story was supposed to just be one through three. Uh, right. And it was phenomenal. It was also one of our first experiences of a not-so-happy ending. Yeah, like I, I'll always remember when Dom finally re- meets his wife again, Moria. That shit still wrenches oh, my heart God. cold when I see it. All right, let's save let's save it. gears. Let's talk about yeah. gears next week. Yeah. I, I, I want to really dive into gears. Yeah, that I, that was just one of my all time memorable freaking scenes. Yeah, man, that's still gut wrenching. Still yeah, gut wrenching. Like, like I said, because you time. spent three games, you know. Yeah. Ugh. Trying to that that was one of the big things, you know. And other than Marcus, again. We'll get on that more yeah. deeper. <laughs> we'll definitely do that a little bit more deeper uh, next week. Yeah. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm congested today and we're tired. Yeah. Uh, but Evie. But regardless, we want to thank you all so much for coming on this journey with us. Welcome all the new people. If you made it to this episode, if you skipped around, if you started with this episode, um, check out the other ones. Uh, some of uh, some of our other episodes are absolutely killer. Definitely, there, there's there's gold <laughs> in them episodes. Oh uh, yeah, but uh, <laughs> we'll we'll get a next we'll we'll get enough sleep next week. Um, well, 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 let's not go well, over promises. Uh, let's not break the promises. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep promises we can make. Okay. <laughs> no, but we'll but be yeah. back next week. We're gonna talk about Gears of War. Um. I don't know if there's any games coming out this week, but uh, we'll discuss the stuff announced at the Apple event or anything else that takes place. But um, again, Cody, any final notes? Uh, no, nah, just like you said before, thank, thank you for anyone who has listened to, you know, 
It uh, it definitely means a lot. Yeah, don't don't be afraid. Drop us a comment. Give us a suggestion. But uh, thanks for coming on this journey with us. Uh, we are Joystick Journeys, and we will catch you next week. Deuces.